Hello, Carrie. Hey, Sandra. Who are we? No, it's my turn. It's your turn, Sandra. Yeah. Who are we? With a screaming divorce. I haven't done that in like a week. In the woods. In the woods. That's like the the, the cabaleta. In the woods. Who did we interview today? Okay, super. I'm so glad that I met him because I've never met him before. I know his work. Never met him. What a cool guy. Oh my gosh, I love him. Isn't he? Matthew Polanzani, people. I know. Tenor extraordinaire. American tenor. Um, I have done quite a few productions with him. Nicest guy. For real? I'm like, well, I want to work with him. What an, how fun would that be? I love awesome people like that. So cool. And he does all the repertoire that you do, Carrie. So I, I, you know, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. It is fate. But he, he has an amazing technique, an amazing voice. Yes. And, you know, has had such a long career and is still going strong. And that is so wonderful to see, you know, that we support our fellow artists and singers. Yeah. He's a tenor, a tenor that that has had an enormous length of a career and is still going and still wants to keep going. Yep. Yeah. And you know what? And can still keep going because he has the voice and the technique. Yay. So check out this interview and this clip. This way. In the woods. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Mozart requires you to sing well and requires you to sing efficiently. And it requires you to analyze your technique because you're naked. You're, it's just you. There's no thick orchestration to cover. There's no big verismo moments where you might yell rather than singing correctly in the name of emotional commitment or dramatic commitment. You can get away with that sometimes in a Verdi or Puccini or something or a Mascagni or somebody. I mean, like you can kind of get away with it for a little while, mm-hmm. you know, but you can't, that you would never fly in a Mozart opera. Oh no. Oh, hey. hey, how you doing? You look like you're ready to play golf. Uh, I would like to be going to play golf, but there's no way today is jammed with so much stuff. Kids swimming and, and uh, uh, baseball and it's crazy. So no, it's okay. Actually, that's all good stuff. It's stuff that under any regular circumstance I'm missing. So, oh, now you get to be there and see that. That's so cool. Yeah. So, I mean, like a lot of that has been, well, we can talk about this when we're oh, yeah. talking about everything. Carrie, yeah. Carrie, Matthew Polinsani, also known Carrie. as Matt Polinsani. I don't know which, which one you want us to call you. Hello. You know, I say both. I respond to both, just maybe not idiot or jerk or bastard or, you know, any of those likes. Did I ever call you any of those? <laughs> no. At Tony least might have. <laughs> Somewhere along the way. Because he's such a tenor, Gary's like, <laughs> sorry. I love you. I love well, tenors, ten, tenors generally do earn the nickname. I mean, like, there's been plenty of examples over the years. So, um, yes. All right. You're that's, not, that's, you, you know, you are not a typical tenor. I'm sorry. You just, no, not, un, not under those circumstances, I would say. But, uh, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not, uh, you know what? Everybody's just built differently. That's all it comes down to. It's how you're built. 
And um, some people are, you know, it's funny. I used to think, because there are soprano colleagues who I've had the same sort of trouble with. Also, thankfully, not you. And um, well, no, you know what? I've never had any, I've, it's pretty rare that I have trouble that way because I always just try to be as nice as I can to everybody. And you then are. that usually flows back your way, you know? So um, <clears throat> there's a couple people who I just said I won't work with. And, um, and we all have that list now, don't we? Yes, we Absolutely. do. But I mean, I've, it's got to be the same for you. Come on. I, like my list is two names long. There's two names on my list of people who I just, no, sorry, I don't have time for it. I would know? say one hand, but it's not just singers. I would say it's conductors too. There are oh, some, yeah. Life is too oh. short, man. Life is way yeah. See, you know, Matt's like, yeah, maybe four. Yeah, uh, if you're including conductors, that that that's a very good point, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, so directors, yeah, yeah directors, add- conductors, singers. Yeah, I'm about five. <clears throat> yeah, but, okay. but look at that. That look at between the three of us, the list might not equal even 15 or even 13 of the of everybody in our business, which that's pretty good. You know, they might I mean? be the same people for some and of us too. That is exactly oh. true. That is exactly true. <laughs> in fact, it's likely true. You know. <laughs> but uh thankfully that stuff never leaves the the sanctity of our brains no no not even in our books will that be put no no it's only in um it's in the vault private conversation somebody's home with alcohol or hot cookies whichever right yeah and some sort of memory eraser to make sure that it doesn't slip out at some point later on you know exactly it's the reason why our show is pre-recorded (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, oh please, edit that out. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so how you doing? How? How? Okay. Let's let's just go there. So yeah, everything is okay. We're I'm I'm hanging in as well as any of us could be possibly hanging in, in the situation that we're all in. Um, I mean, <clears throat> the year as as it must it must be for every. I mean, I hope everybody's able to look at it with whatever positive spin. They could possibly pull because pulling the negativity with you everywhere you go is just it's not just bringing down everybody around you you're bringing yourself down and yeah you know what there's been some real hardships and we've been unbelievably blessed and lucky i mean covid hasn't exactly touched us in any deeply personal way i've lost a few friends um and and some people who i knew or was acquainted with um but not that many, nobody in my immediate family, mm-hmm. nobody in Rose's immediate family, um, nobody in any of my dear friends' circles. <clears throat> um, so, I mean, like, yeah, that's all been a big blessing. Awesome. Um, you know, and I, so hauling around the, the weight of a loss, you know, that's a whole different thing. And yeah. I just, we haven't had to do that. Um, You've so, had your fair share of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about my daughter right so i mean like yeah that's uh that's yeah that's a whole nother thing but i I guess we'll get there yeah anyway um so on the other hand you know i've been largely home for the last year and a half i mean really my i had stopped i had taken february off last year to learn fidelio and to learn beethoven misa solemnis and to put a whole new recital program together so like my last gig before everything blew up was January 31st. I did a recital in Tucson. 
who had taken February off just to learn music, which we have to do sometimes. Right. Because by God, it's so hard. Not that it's impossible to be mm-hmm. learning, you know, whatever when you're working on whatever. Because right. um, occasionally it just has to be like that. But you know, for me, Fidelio was a, a step outside of my regular fach. I just wanted to make sure it was done right. And um, so smart, very smart. Yeah. And so um, I went to Baden-Baden on on March 1st and I came home on March 14th and um, and that was that. So I've been home a lot and uh, like I actually got to coach my uh, my 11 and now 12 year olds baseball team last year and this year. That's I've been so around cool. for most of that. Yeah, it's awesome. Love and, it. Um, that stuff is stuff that I just miss. I miss those things. And um, and I love being around for that stuff. And, you know, I don't know, Carrie, have you got kids? No, I have an enormous St. Bernard that weighs 180 pounds. That's my child. That's like a kid. Oh my gosh, that's huge. He's he, he's a biggin. <laughs> Man, I mean, I didn't know dogs got that big. Oh, oh yeah, he's a monster. And that's not fat. Like he's just big. Like we didn't right. you know because you don't want weight on big St. Bernards because of their joints and stuff like that. So we keep him, you know, he's on a regimen, but um he's just yeah. big. But Man, he, he's a small child. He's a small yeah. I mean, really, that's a large child. I mean, my 14-year-old doesn't weigh that. <laughs> I, I, I think my 14-year-old son, who's not a small guy, I mean, like, I don't know if I don't know if any of my kids will will breach six feet. Uh, they'll get close to it, I'm sure. Um, or maybe just get to six feet, but nobody's going to be tall, tall, but I mean, uh, he's not a small kid and he's a swimmer. So he's strong. He has a lot of muscle. And, um, I think he, I think even he might, he's probably not over 150 yet. Um, and he's 14. 14. Yeah. How'd that happen? Yeah, I know. It's insane. Isn't it, Sandra? It's insane. I, 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 I even, I don't know. You know, everybody always says maybe, and maybe you've heard this little expression, you know, like, uh, it's the, it, it's the fastest 18, it's the fastest 18 years, but the longest days of your life, or or it goes like that. But the idea of it is, of course, your kids drive you crazy and every day seems to stretch into eternity. But the next thing you know, they're in college. Yeah. So he's your oldest, right? Huh? He's your oldest. He's the oldest. Yeah. So then I have a 12 year old and a 10 year old. So, um. Yeah, and all boys. So my poor wife, because she's really got four little boys in the house because she married a tenor. So just to go back to the pandemic quick, quick, just to say, I mean, I've been able to be home for lots of stuff. And I was lucky. I mean, Sandra, I know I saw your, I I, I know you worked some last year. Um, I mean, I did about, I did about a third or somewhere between a quarter and a third of what I would have done. Okay. So I mean, uh, that's, and that's saying a lot. Like when I went down to Palm Beach in February to sing in Palm, in Palm Beach, um, most of the people there hadn't had a job since last March. Right. You know, and that's, that's, yeah, you're in that same boat, Carrie? Um, yeah, I mean. There was one job, but it, I, my family, there were no vaccines at this point in my, and the numbers were really high everywhere in the U.S. And my family, I mean, I've lost a sister. So my family was like, please don't go. Like nobody wanted to me to be put in a situation where I could have gotten it, even though people, you know, there was testing and all that. It was just, everyone was like, please don't do it. So luckily yeah. the opera company understood that I had to pull out from that, oh, but, yeah. um, but it, that's heartbreaking too, to have to make that kind of a decision. I mean, yeah, for sure. Well, you lost a sister to COVID. 
No, no, sorry. Oh. I lost a sister oh. a while ago. Okay. And that trauma in the family. Absolutely. And so nobody wants to lose anyone else. And so, you know, no it's way. when my no. mom ha loses her shit, excuse me, and says, please do not go. You don't go, you know? <clears throat> no, for sure. For sure. Where are you, Carrie? I'm in, I'm right outside of Nashville. Okay. You're in America. So yeah. you, you might've been, are you vaccinated? Yes. She's I mean, fully like, vaccinated. You and what a load off that was, Huge. you know, Huge. I mean, to try and explain it to, cause my boys have been, they got pretty good about it. They, they understood, but like, when we say to them, why can't I have a play date? You know, they, and we say, Hey, look guys, if your dad sat behind a desk and worked from nine to five every day and sat in his office and had a little cold or had a cough and didn't feel good, but, or had to take one or two days off just to get through the worst of it. And then God forbid the, the, the worst, worst, uh, uh, you know, option. I mean, like, that's okay. We could figure out how to live with that sort of risk, but daddy needs his lungs, you know, and, and more than that, because so many companies are closed, I have to be healthy on the opportunity that some company might say, Hey, um, hey, look, we've got an opportunity to do a concert. We're going to do a concert next month. Are you available? Yeah. I mean, or tomorrow. I mean, you just have to be ready right these days. I don't think people are understanding as, as the world is, it, it, it seems like overnight now, everything is opening up. Yeah. It's just like boom. And we have to be ready. Right. No, for sure. And so, um, so they pretty much got it. Um, some of our friends didn't really, didn't understand it so well. Or some of their friends, actually, not the parents. The parents got it because they know they know what I do for a living. They know what you do for a living. I mean, like they don't know what you do for a living, but you know what? They understood that as a singer, like the 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 healthfulness of the body is required. Absolutely. Yeah, under the even under the the most easy circumstances, that I don't know what you consider your easiest part. I remember you saying that you thought um, Tosca was like your easiest role. Yep. You know, I mean, like, so I don't know what you think. How, you know, like, I think I could get through Traviata on like a half of my voice. You know, I know I could manage it. I could figure out a way through, you know. And Carrie's I, probably done Elvira. Am I right? No oh. way. Elvira? Yeah, Can't be. She's an amazing Elvira. Yeah. That's, what, that man. that's what you were doing when, when all this shut down, right? Yeah, at the Kennedy, yeah, in DC at the Kennedy Center. It was sold out. Like, the cast was amazing. Oh, and they man. Had, all of the shows were sold out because they got such great reviews everywhere. And, and it was, yeah, it was like, we, they called us and they're like, go home. And I had just bought, you know, because you're on a gig and you're like, you're making your money. And I had just bought some expensive shoes that still <laughs> have not been worn. They are still in my closet. And I kind of wish like I could take them back. <laughs> oh man. You think they have like extended return policy now? I, I do love that them. Wasn't Zappos you mean? Oh no! Oh, no. no! Oh, these no, no, no. these are these okay. are like huge. All right, let me ask you this. <laughs> like, let me ask you this. So, what about? Did anybody ever talk about families and pods, like groups of families that were in pods, so you guys could do stuff? Yes, absolutely. And uh, and there was a lot of that happening in our town. Okay. But in our our school system, never shut completely. I mean, during during the end of last year. March, April, May, June, it was, it was all virtual. Once they figured out that school wasn't going to happen anymore at all, they switched to all virtual. Okay. And maybe that was in the middle of April or the beginning of May or whatever. Mm -hmm. This year, they've been on a hybrid schedule oh. uh, the whole year uh, until right after spring break, which was the last week of March. So in the beginning of April, they all started back full time. 
Okay. Um, Rosa was like, thank you. Huh? Rosa was like, thank you very much. I know. I know. I I, I don't, I'm telling you, you guys, I, I, she hasn't been away. She hasn't been away from the children. I mean, except her sister died last year and except to go and help care for her sister, which was a whole nother level of angst and anxiety and, and pressure, which was so meaning it was no release. It was no letdown. It was no, okay, I've got some time to myself. It was nothing like that. So if any, that, if anything, it was worse. Um, other, than, other than that, she hasn't been away from the kids. And I don't know how she's doing it. I don't know how she's done it. I mean, she has a whole level of reserve in her patience quotient that yeah. I, I I could never even hope to. She's a saint. Do. She really yeah. is. Like she, she is uh, your rock, isn't she? No, it's it's. There's no way. I don't think I'm. If she's a different person, I doubt I'm still a singer. You know, I really, I doubt it because my, I mean, part of it is because she was a singer and she understands, mm -hmm. and her, she was still singing until we were about. Uh, well, really, till after our daughter died, that pretty much ended her career. Um, yeah. It was hard enough to be, she hated being away from her all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, she would tear home from rehearsals to try and hated it that somebody else was putting her daughter to bed, mm -hmm. hated it that somebody else was caring for her, feeding her, changing her diaper, whatever, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, she hated that stuff. And after she died, um, I think she just said, that's it. I, I can't, I can't afford another second away from any more of our children should we happen to have any more and um she'll still do the occasional chorus job mm -hmm. she sang she she used to be uh, she used to sing with the new york choral artists who did most a lot of the new york phil um concerts mm -hmm. you know so i mean she was as busy as she wanted to be and um but you know that pretty much stopped it for her but without her having understood what the drive to be a singer was like what the need to be a singer was like and to make music and be on stage and to give joy and to communicate and to be a part of something that's bigger than just you. Um, you know, it's hard to most many spouses or partners don't uh, don't cotton to the to the need that lives in, in us as singers. Mm -hmm. um, right. How many people do you guys know that that love what they do? I mean, passionately love what they do. It's that again, that's got to be a small number. I know people who enjoy their jobs. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I, I, I know I have lots of friends who are, who enjoy their jobs, but are passionate about it. Yeah. Like we're passionate about doing what we do. Yeah. That list is small. Yeah, it's true. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're lucky. Can let me ask you guys this for yeah. a second here, because now in, in all this time off, I mean, I'm probably, I know, I don't know how old you are, Carrie, and you don't need to tell me, but I know that Sandra and I are pretty close in age anyway, certainly within like a year or so of each other. So I used to always say, I just wanted to make it to 50. Just want to make it till I'm 50 and that'll be enough. By then my boys will be hitting their teenage years and I'm going to want to be around, you know, and I'm going to want to be there and be their dad during this time of their life, you know. And then I hit 50 and my youngest was only eight. And so I thought, well, I need to keep going because like, I need to be able to afford college. And we're living here in freaking America where, you know, <laughs> you're, you'll be lucky to get away with a $50,000 a year bill, you're you know, right. and so anything less than say 200,000 saved for each of them, right. you know, 
I mean, barring a barring a um, scholarship miracle, mm-hmm. um, you know, seems like it would be wouldn't be very smart. So mm-hmm. now this this amount of time that I've been home, though, um, so I changed my mind. I thought, OK, I just need to make it to 60. Oh, um, you went to 60. I was like 55 now. Yeah. 50, well, I mean, 55 is it's only I'll be 53 this year. So it's only two more years away. And that means my youngest will only be uh, he'll only be 12. So I think I need a little I need, I need to go a little bit longer. But I mean, like, have you guys because I definitely have recently noticed that I have felt less like a singer in the last month or two than I think I have at any other time in the pandemic. You're in that boat. What about you, Carrie? Uh, yeah. I mean, well, let me say this. I go back and forth because I I went like, okay, is it over? Is it time to do something else? I mean, I started spinning out like what, you know, what is the universe trying to tell me? Am I, you know, all that kind of stuff. I think a lot of people went through that, but now, um, as Sondra and I've talked in, in nauseam about this for myself, but, um, I don't know, I still want to give it a go and see what happens, but I've kind of let it, I have a time limit on it because I am of the opinion that life is really short. And so I've had an amazing run and it's okay if, if I am running down a different road later. Right. So, um, where was but I also it's going to look different and I'm not sure. Yeah. I like how it's going to look, you know, how the oh. business is going to look. Yes. You That's know, really true. let's talk about that because do, do we, I mean, we, we, we grew up in an opera world that was completely different. Completely. We didn't have this. We didn't have this virtual aspect of it. And I think it's here to stay. We also didn't, we also didn't have the social media side of it. Well, there's that too. You know, I mean, like that is a whole nother thing in in and of itself. And, um, you know, I, I, I didn't, I didn't sign on to social media until the end of 2016. And that was one of the questions I wanted to, we wanted to ask you was like, I mean, I still, I still struggle with it. And I, you know, I hired somebody to help me with it. Um, Lenny studio, Catherine Pizzeroni, yeah. and, and they're awesome. Actually. I'm, I'm, I was very happy about everything they did for me. And, um, but of course, when this all blew up, I said, okay, that's it. I mean, like I can't spend money on, on something when I'm not actually figuring, I can't, I'm not earning any money to put food on my table. Right. Well, you have to look at the cost out of it. I mean, if you're spending $2,000 a month or whatever, you right. know, and you're not making that money back, Right. I'm sorry. Snip, snip, snip. But yeah, it's gonna no, go. No, it's, it's absolutely true. So my um, my feeling about it is just that you know, like I understand why it's necessary, and that theaters depend on us to be helping spread the word, mm-hmm. and and um, you know, and that and that raising our uh, our the level of awareness about what we're doing helps raise a level of awareness for theaters. Mm-hmm. I get it. Uh, I'm 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 down for spending the money to help art. Mm-hmm. Okay. If that's the direction we're going with art, I'm mm-hmm. down. Um, but when it comes to, I mean, I, you know, we have lots of colleagues who really embrace it and enjoy it. And I haven't been able to get there with it. And um, it's funny because I'll talk to like my niece and nephews or yeah. nieces and nephews or people who are in their 20s or 30s or whatever. And, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I saw this on Instagram. And I'm like, yeah. man, yeah, I, I can't. But it's not that. enough to be a good singer anymore. It's, oh. it, it's that is not enough. Yeah. You know, and we have to we have to jump through all these hoops and we have to look right and we yeah. have to perform right on like you were saying, like we're all saying social media and it's just not enough to stand up and sing well. Right. No, and communicate. I mean, really, Thank to communicate. Uh, that's that's what we're doing, right? We're we're I mean, our communication level 
has left just being right there on the stage. And even what's being required on the stage is considerably different from what was required when you and I were, were jumping through the Mets little, little hoops in the late nineties or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, um, that's, that's, that's like, uh, um, that's a whole nother level that, I mean, I, I don't know. I, the only thing I could say is if you're younger, well, you grew up with that stuff. Yeah. You, you grew up doing those things and they were part of your, there was already a part of your life and Facebook. And it's, I mean, like, man, I, I didn't get a, I didn't get a home computer until 1997 and I didn't have a cell phone until like 2001. You know, you I mean, old. yeah, I know. <laughs> Maybe it was 2000. I forget. But even so, you know, isn't so, isn't it so funny? Like my wife still has an AOL email address, you know? I, I, I mean, oh, I know. I know. Gary's yeah, like, you, Sandra, Sandra, yeah. you've got to get rid of AOL. But I know. But it's like hotmail. The only like, address I've ever had. Thank you, C. Okay, I don't feel so bad. Like right. AOL and hotmail people get, get with the program. My oh, husband yeah. said today that, Matt, you and I are like, we're like soul brother and sister. Because he oh. said, you know, you two are both from Chicago. Yep. You two both don't have recording contracts. Am I right? Yep. You yep. both work your butts off. You both have good techniques. Mm. And, yeah. you know. And you both have had amazing careers, let's just say. And, we're both, and he's like, you know, and you two are both super down to earth. And he's oh, like, yeah. that's your soul brother, you know? And I was like, yeah, he that's is. That's kind of true. You know? Actually, like That's an awesome way to think of it. I'm glad he said that. Yeah, that's really true. Because we're very, we've we've gone very, we've gone very similar directions with everything we've done. I don't, I don't mean repertory wise. I mean just the way we've run our careers. It's true, you know? isn't it? I mean, you yeah. know, social media. I think maybe because we're both age. I don't know. Carrie doesn't know you as well as I do, but. Well, let me say this. I mean, from what I read, I researched quite a bit. But it's that there's grounding because you even said something about I identify as a dad, not as a singer. And so that made me question, okay, so you could, sounds like you could walk away from this if your family needed you to. Yeah, I, that is, okay, so we're just going, go, that, that takes me back to what we were talking about, like making it to 50 or making it to 60, because this whole, this whole experience has brought into very sharp relief the, the, the role that I play here as a dad, which as a full-time dad, uh, which is the role I've largely played over the past year, um, you know, like I've enjoyed it and I've enjoyed, I've, I've loved being here for so many of the things that I've missed, that I miss as regularity, piano recitals, even virtual piano recitals mm -hmm. and baseball and swimming and golf and all the things that my kids are into and uh, basketball, I mean, all this stuff. So, I mean, like, yeah, I would love to say that I could walk away and, and I think, I think I could do it, but for one thing, because walking away See, I live outside of New York City, and a certain level of income is required to live here. Absolutely. Um, would you move? Would you go that, back to Chicago? Would you no, teach? No, I wouldn't go back to Chicago. Uh, I don't think anyway, because my wife's family is here on the East Coast, and I don't think I could coax her to go back there, even though my family's back. Most of my, well, no, I have a sister in Boston and a sister in Dallas, and I have a brother who's about to move to Colorado. So, I mean, like all, only, only, only people in Chicago are my parents and, and all my best, all my best friends from high school who are still all my best friends. You studied to be a teacher first. Would I you, did. I mean, Sandra, I'm, I don't know about you. I don't know. Either of you guys have either of you guys been giving voice lessons in this time. I have done some of it, you know, not a lot. Yeah, exactly. Just like you, both yeah, of you guys. I've done a lot of master classes in Paris. I did a lot. 
Ah, okay, yeah. So I've given some classes. I've worked, like when I went to Stuttgart, I spent three days with a young artist there. I worked with a young artist in Palm Beach. Um, I'm working with the tenors in the Lindemann program at the Met right now. Right. Like I'm giving a couple of little lessons here and there, but I've done it and I know I could do it. I know I could be a teacher. The real problem here is it would force me to make my kids leave. And they're all happy. They all have friends. And not to say they won't be able to make friends. Crikey. We moved seven times before I graduated from high school. Okay. That's a lot. It is a lot. It's a ton. And, um, and, you know, that, but that, that has an effect on people. In some ways, I think it actually helped me in my career Mm -hmm. um, in terms of having to be away and having to be on the road and be by myself, like I could, I, I, I catch that, I catch that ball a little easier. Because um, you travel alone. Oh yeah, that's it's. If Rosa comes, it's because she's taken four or five days and she's going to come and see something important. You okay. know, I mean, like she won't just she won't just fly for for you know for no reason or any reason or whatever. Um, you know, I mean, like because now right now, well now that people are getting vaccinated, it's helping. Um, so like we could leave the boys, I know we could leave the boys with my, with her sister, or I have a, I have a cousin who lives here in town. She's like a niece because her dad is my uncle, but he's only like a year and a half older than me. Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, so it's great. We were in high school together and I used to call him uncle Ryan because he was a senior and I was a sophomore and it was great to call him uncle Ryan in the hallway. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, but just to say she's here and I know she could come and stay with the boys. You know, I mean, like there's, there's ways that, that we can make this happen now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she doesn't generally travel with me and, um, you know, we'll bring the boys on gigs every once in a while, you know, and they've been all over Europe and that's the big blessing of this career, frankly. I mean, I, I'm not certain that, well, I'm, no, I am certain that if I'm just a a teacher in some school, be it a great school or a middling school or a tiny little school, um, that we're not traveling to Barcelona or Madrid or, 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 you know, mm-hmm. London or Paris or wherever. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not going these places. Um, and the only reason I can do that is because I'm there and I'm working. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it would be difficult to give it up because I wouldn't want to move the kids out. While okay. what, what, would, what would be required of me would be to go back to doing what I was doing. And I loved, I loved being a singer. I, I still love being a singer even though I haven't had the experience in a few months. you said that in the past. (laughs) I loved, that came out very, didn't Ah. that come out very subconsciously like that? It's funny (laughs) how that happens. Just because, you know, we haven't been doing it all the time. You know, it's- We've been doing it. We don't relate as, 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 I mean, I relate more as as what Carrie and I are doing right now. Right. Right. You know, than than being a solo singer and- Right. but, I, but honestly, like being, I mean, I, my husband has a great job. I'm, I'm very fortunate in that sense. You know, we have, I have a roof over my head. I'm not worried about food on the table. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. You know, all that kind of stuff. But there is a point to myself who has worked since 15, all of a sudden you're not bringing in income. And that's part of my identity is to be yeah. able to have bought my first house or with yeah. my money, you know, that kind of stuff. So that's, that's been the hardest challenge for me. So I think identifying as a female that can earn her own income, luckily I've been able to do that in singing and to be able to buy the things that I want. And then all of a sudden that stops and I'm a housewife and I'm a St. Bernard mama and I am- shoes are still in the closet. I know, (laughs) I was gonna say it actually. (laughs) 
like, I mean, I live in, I'm in covered in goobers now. So it is right. like, what has happened to my life? And when can I get back to what I did? Because I need to put on my shoes. Right. <laughs> well, no, but things are looking up, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I'm not positive about the Met um, only just because they've got labor issues to solve, yes. you know? But if they can get their labor issues solved, then I don't see any reason why they, if, if Broadway can open, then the Met can figure out a way to open. Totally. So now if their labor issues get solved, then then I see them having a season next season. I hope so. I know they all want it. I, I mean, yeah. I have friends in both those camps that are not, yeah, I know they all want it. Um. So I mean, like, but well, if they can get that solved, then I mean, really, but I don't think any other arts organization, I know Lyric, Lyric is in the midst of, trying to get get that stuff i'm opening night so it better go oh yeah i i i really think they they wanted to you know and i i think that's gonna i think they're it's not uh i don't think the same um they're not facing the same situation that the med is facing no you know it's they don't have the labor issues you've started you started out as and you even say it a lyric tenor right but now you just mentioned fidelio and there is nothing lyric about fidelio no, that's a Although big. I will say, look, my the, my first time down the road with that piece would have been with uh, with Kirill Petrenko, and and it was it was not, it was not Christine Gerke, you know, and Michelle <laughs> Fowler or somebody like this, you know. He he hired uh, a cast of people who came from the Mozart side. Okay. He had Marlis Peterson as Fidelio, and he had uh, Peter uh, um, Peter Rose as the Rocco. And he had Wolfgang Koch as a as a Pizarro, okay. all people who grew up in Mozart and still st- are still singing Mozart. Okay. His idea was to present it more as as what it would have been presented like when Beethoven would have conducted it. You know, okay. it would have been more like that and less like Wagner. You know, mm-hmm. so um, so I wasn't. You know, I have to admit that the when it when the opportunity when the when the offer came, my initial response was no, you know, like, I don't, you know, I don't need that. I don't need that piece right now. There's lots of middleweight Verdi. I haven't touched yet. You know, I haven't touched Ballo yet. Um, you know, I haven't touched incredibly. I've never sung Faust, for example. I mean, You've never I sung Faust? No, I can't believe it. There's been a couple times where I had, I had a contract once to do it and then they changed it. And I had a couple offers to do it, but on short rehearsal and I didn't want to have my first one like on a on a one week rehearsal schedule or whatever mm-hmm. like i wanted to make my you know like i just always prefer to do it the right way the first time rather than hope that it's going to be okay so good for you how do you anyway. decide how do you decide when you when you know it's time to move on because that is a question carrie and i get asked a lot how do you know when it's time to move from donizetti and mozart onto verdi and all of that right so i never made that decision consciously I only knew, I knew when I needed to get rid of Rossini. I knew that Rossini, like I knew when I gave up Barber, which was my last Rossini, except for Petit, except for the, uh, uh, what's what what's the Rossini, Sabat Mater, except for the Sabat Mater, um, except for that, which I'm still singing. I knew that Barber wasn't in my future anymore as a singer. Like I knew, I really realized it when I went to Pesaro in 2002, because I'd been a, a singer of, of Rossini, but like moving my voice was never the thing that I did the best. I was always better at the long line, you know? And, and um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, 
not to say that those guys can't do it. They can, but I mean, it was, they, they excel at, at like moving that, like I was never Larry Brownlee or, or, or Juan Diego, or, you know, these guys or, mm-hmm. or any of the Mets was like Joyce who can move her voice like crazy or anyway, I never had that facility, but I didn't really know it until I got to Pesaro and I could hear, I was singing Turco in Italia and was the one time that I sang that. And the last time that I sang that, and uh, I and but I was I was yeah I mean like which was fine but uh, I I mean like Antonino Siragusa was there and um, Raúl Jiménez was there and there were all these people who were dyed in the wool Rossini and Belcanto kind of singers mm-hmm. and like I had no I really had no idea that people could do that other than like Cecilia Bartoli who had obviously gotten famous doing that stuff you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so I, I didn't even recognize it, but that's how naive I was as a singer. Even in 2002, I'd been at the Met for five years and I'd even, I'd already sung a couple leading roles by then, but I still didn't really understand that it was, I, it was something I could do, but it was something that I wasn't especially great at. Okay. So okay. moving on for Rossini was no problem. But you see, I never made a conscious decision to leave. Other than that, I haven't left any other repertory behind. I know that I'm likely not to sing Belmonte in abduction from the Seraglio anymore. And I'm likely never to sing Cosi again, you know, uh, just because they're not that, I mean, Belmonte just doesn't interest me anymore. You know, I mean, yeah. he's, he's especially boring. He's even more boring than Alfredo. And, um, or even- uh, oh, You hate Alfredo, don't you? Uh, yeah, really. Well, there's a- well, if the, No, you know, if the Traviata was you, I'm, I'm down, all right? Because your commitment is complete, all right? And I even said to my, I even said to my my agent, I'm like, anytime Traviata comes up, I need to know who the soprano is, or else I'm not interested, you know, because yeah, I, I had it with brick walls, and um, and it's and it's tough because the, the music's not especially rewarding, and the character, really, he's the third most important guy, frankly. Yeah, and you're a bit of a jerk sometimes in that. Yeah. No question. And I mean, what happens between you and and that scene between you and the and the and Daddy? I mean, come on, that's that's just that's the height of of drama and music, that scene. So anyway, um, I've never made the decision to leave things behind specifically, only just to say that I'm stepping in other directions and then coming back to myself. So like, I always, I was, I, 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 it doesn't always work out this way, but I always ask my agent for please, these at least, yeah, I can, I'm still singing flute and I'm still singing Giovanni, um, but like Ido Maneo and Tito, please, if I could have one of those in my year, each season, you will make me happy because it'll bring me back to, yeah. Yeah. You see, you're right. I, I, yeah. I mean, same see, way. That's, I love, that's, I love, love, love those operas. Well, it's not just, I was just so, okay. So one, one guy who I've been teaching a little bit asked me about what he should have. He's a young tenor whose voice is, has got some meat and weight in it. Oh, do you know, he, he studies with Pam and Tony. Oh yeah. His name is Dominic Walsh. And um, he's a he's a he's a young guy. He's living in London, and um, and his voice has has a little meat. And it's gonna he may he's gonna he'll be a, a full lyric tenor within not so long. But he's asking me about what repertory he should be singing, and I said, well, I have to admit, I don't know everything you've done, and we've only worked together a few times. But I will tell you this: as a young singer, you're more likely to be hired to sing Mozart right now in in a medium-sized house than you would be to sing Rodolfo or even Tosca or Lucia or whatever, whatever part you want to name that's in that next, next Fach up. And um, the thing of it is, 
Mozart requires you to sing well and requires you to sing efficiently. And it requires you to analyze your technique because you're naked. You're, it's just you. There's no thick orchestration to cover. There's no big verismo moments where you might yell rather than singing correctly in the name of emotional commitment or dramatic commitment. You can get away with that sometimes in a Verdi or Puccini or something or a Mascagni or somebody. I mean, like you can kind of get away with it for a little while, mm-hmm. you know, but you can't that you would never fly in a Mozart opera. So it's important to have Mozart around so that you're so that especially as a young singer, as you're trying to build your your core technique, everything that you're going to use when you if you're lucky enough to make 50 or lucky enough to make 60, that kind of thing. And so I said, you know, I was telling him, like, you need to have that stuff around and then have one or two other things around that are like that you think you'd be good for in a couple of years so that people can think of you in a future way, you know. So I never really made a decision to leave a repertory behind. More, I've always tried to add one thing that was a step more in my outside of my Fach every every year or every other year, um, so that all that stuff became organically ingrained in everything I was doing. Mm. So Fidelio was a step outside of my regular Fach, but he was really treating it more like uh, like uh, like Idomeneo or Tito. Mm-hmm. Okay. which are you know that was that was his idea now having said that having and having unfortunately we didn't get to do it obviously but i learned it and i sang i sang my way all the way through it with uh you know in musical rehearsals and such um like i would be game to do it again now, again mm-hmm. like if you hired christine you know or or uh, like a real wagnerian nina Stemmer or somebody like yeah. that okay then okay. i might not be your choice fine i'm okay with that but balancing uh, a cast is always so important isn't it yeah absolutely i mean like you you don't want to have you know you don't want to have i don't know like i said like me with 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 michel Fola or 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 whoever i mean like this is i don't know i but uh but i wouldn't have a i wouldn't have a fear about it but i would just say to myself hey look let's let's make it match let's make it let's make it a complete experience um yeah what are you gonna say sorry No, I totally agree with that, but it makes me want to ask you now that you're thinking about continuing like maybe to 60, are there roles that you say, this is my bucket list uh, list. I want to sing X, Y, Z before I'm done. Oh yeah. I mean, as a tenor, it's hard not to thirst after Otello, obviously. I mean, it's hard not to thirst after that guy's problems. And, and to be chewing on that stuff all night long mm-hmm. is a very interesting thing for the brain. You know, yeah. I, I have always, listen, when I was 20, 23 or 24, or 22 or 23, I mean, like, I remember being told, well, you may sing Mozart in a small German theater, maybe, maybe, you know, and uh, you could probably sing some Bach or Haydn, mm-hmm. you know, but certainly a place that re- would require the voice the size you know that of that like that the that would fill the met and that's that'll never happen for you isn't that fun no? yeah i know i love it I'd i love like stuff that like that again, wouldn't you? Be yeah. like- <laughs> well all it is just to say that i never say never i'm gonna sing exactly. tosca next year um it'll be the first one i have butterfly in my future uh cool. a couple seasons out i have adriana lecouvreur in my in in my career in my calendar like three years out. I mean, like there are there are things that are in the middleweight, uh, more uh, more full lyric repertory, 
And it's not just because I think it's right for me, but I mean, frankly, at 52, about to turn 53, it's like, all right, dude, either you're going to, you're going to move on to these things or you're not, but I've never, I haven't built my career um, by adding things slowly and over time uh, for no reason at all. It's so that I could reach 53 and still be singing uh, like a 40 year old, you know, or whatever. And And you uh, have a great technique and, you know, I mean, it shows. Right. Well, I, I, I pray that that is true. I mean, like I'm still working on it. And I tell you, I tell any of my young singers, you must tell them the same thing. I'm still studying. Yes. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm still yes. trying to make myself better. Yes. I'm still trying to, I'm, I'm still making mistakes and saying, oh, hey, that sound was not good. Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm still working on it just because we made it to the Met or, or Washington or Paris or anywhere that you ever sang. Just because you made it there doesn't mean you're there. Mm-mm. And the voice hard. is changing. We're human beings. It's constantly oh changing. Gosh. Isn't that hard to <laughs> fathom? But yeah, the voice changes. No, you know, I mean, like, I remember my, my, the, the I remember um, Margaret Harshaw telling me, mm. um, she said, listen, do you, is your, has your foot changed at all in the past three years? Like, are, are have you noticed at all, like your neck is a little bit different, Ooh, you know, or. You know, I mean, like your body is changing, even if you don't, if you're not aware of it, mm-hmm. you can't contemplate, you can't really conceive of it because you're looking at yourself every day. It's like, you know, I go away from my kids for a month or six weeks or whatever, and I come back and I see, geez, they've gotten taller. But I know my son's gotten taller because in the time since I've been home, he has been gone from being my oldest son in particular, gone from being shorter than my wife to being like three inches taller than her. And that's over the last year and a half Whoa. or two inches taller than her, maybe, you know I mean? But like, it's hard to fathom it because I have, I haven't been away from him that much, but I'm aware that I can just barely see the top of his head now where it <laughs> used to be like, I could look right down, you know, and oh, um, no. so our bodies are changing. And if you think oh, that yeah. you can manage that stuff on your own without, without the ears uh, of somebody who, who you trust listening to you and talking to you about it, well, you got another thing coming, you know, cause that's, you know, I'm not sure about you guys. I always try to record everything I do, even with my little Zoom recorder, especially um, especially when uh, when I'm on the road by myself because I got nobody listening to me. What are you laughing about, I'm Carrie? Sorry, like your little. <laughs> it's like with social media, you know, like if somebody said it's TikTok, you'd be like, "What?" So it's like with your, <laughs> like with your Zoom recorder, you're like, "I got my Zoom recorder." I'm like, "Dude." There's some better shit out there other than a Zoom recorder. Matt, she calls me old all the time. It's okay. You too. Sorry, I love you. I am old. I if I, if I can't I, help it. If I ever walk, if I ever see you walking down the street and uh, down the street in New York, Sam would be like, "You still got that Zoom?" <laughs> I might still have it. You know, I had. I do have to buy batteries for it. I have to say, which does kind of suck. You know, but oh, geez. Okay, here we go, Sandra. What do you got? Oh um, my gosh. She texts me all the time. I'm going, I'm just going to point out something that people don't even know what it, it is anymore, but <laughs> yeah, iPod, I still have voice coachings with Tony Minoli on here, Carrie. Well, I know I thought you were going to tell me you still had like all your sixties music or something that you listen to. Cause you listen to old lady music. Sixties <laughs> is not old lady music. That's rock and roll, yeah. baby. Oh, I think we need to ask Matt some rapid fire questions. Sandra's like, bye, Carrie. Bye-bye. I'm not friends with you anymore. Okay, I got one more question, and then then we can do rapid. What is one thing that people don't know about you? Mm. Oh, man. What do people I know, I know. 
it's a hard one actually because I'm I'm pretty open. Um, let's see. I like to cut my own grass. That's pretty cool. Okay, I like that. Do you I have actually, a riding mower? A riding one? Or no, a no, I don't have a. I live in Westchester County. Not to say that there aren't big lots here, but there are not many of them. Okay. And um, so uh, I don't know. That seems so uninteresting, though. No, it isn't. Hey, come on. It means that that home is important to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. I'm pretty handy around the house. I can hang light fixtures and do light electrical work. I can do light plumbing work. Like I'm over. pretty good with that stuff, you know. Come on over. <laughs> yeah. Can you clean yeah, I mean, <laughs> when, when we bought our first house in, in Pelham, which is where I live, they, um, the people, the people we bought it from, bought it from the people who had built it. So we were the third owner since 1917. This was in 2003. Whoa. And the Ooh. home really represented that set of circumstances. They hadn't, hadn't really been cared for and we had to fix everything. And we did a lot of it ourselves. Wow. And, uh, so, I mean, like, yeah, I'd hire contractors to put in a new kitchen or whatever. Um, but when it comes to like fixing a, a leaky pipe or something like that, or hanging or hanging a ceiling fan or something, I could do it. So, uh, yeah, I like, I, and I have to say, I like being able to do those things. It makes me feel good to, to think I don't have to always call someone to do all, yeah. all this little stuff when I can put a new electrical outlet in the wall by myself or whatever. When you're home. Yeah, when I'm home. Oh, I love that though. That's super really cool. True. Yeah. There's so much we didn't get to talk with you about, but okay, maybe next time we'll have to do a part two. I'd be happy to do that. This has been a huge blast, you guys. Thanks. It's oh, awesome great. to meet you too, Carrie. No, so nice I, to meet you too. We will, I'm sure we will meet each other somewhere along the, I mean, our, our world, thankfully, is quite a small world, you know, and we tend to see each other, even if we're not singing together, we see each other in similar places. So um, mm -hmm. let's hope that we will. You guys sing a lot of similar repertoires, so. You know, like yeah. I, you know what? I'd be your Vitalia any day. I love that oh lady. God. I love that role. Oh. She is so crazy and so yeah. fun and yeah. insane. And I, I would enjoy I love it. that show. I would enjoy okay. it. Okay. You Thanks, got a few guys. minutes to do some rapid fire questions, some yeah, fun, absolutely. funny, funny, funny stuff. Okay. Who wants to? I'm going to let Carrie start this time. What is your no fail motivational song? No fail motivational song. Uh, Life is a highway. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Nice. And what is your guilty pleasure? Guilty pleasure. Mm. Um, Sundays from Carvel. <laughs> See on Wednesday. Now I'm a, I'm in a family of five. You guys have to understand that Carvel hashtag Carvel. Um, yeah. they do buy one get one Sundays on Wednesday. So for the family, that means everybody gets a, gets one, and there's one left over. For the for the yeah, so that's my I, I call that oh, my guilty okay, pleasure. Okay, do you guys get Carvel birthday ice cream cakes? You know with the crunchy. Absolutely, are, are you kidding me? Absolutely, they're uh, every one of my uh, every one of my kids loves them. Those you know? crunchies are the best. I don't know what it is about that stuff, but it's delicious. You know they came out with a crunchy cereal. No joke. I don't know if there are Carvels in your in in near Tennessee or whatever. Um, I do not need cereal. To my booty did not need to know that information <laughs> <laughs> mine either <laughs> all right that's my guilty pleasure i like that one yeah mm-hmm miss carrie oh um oh, la, 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 la. oh what's your secret talent mm, secret talent well man i think i already gave it away because i'm handy around the house that's You're pretty good um yeah let's see have i got any other secret talents you play right. golf 
let me ask you this. Yeah, that's that's what, not a talent though. That's a passion, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, let me ask you this. What talent would you like to have other than the one you already have? Oh man. Yeah. So let's go right to golf. Cause frankly, I wish I was a better golfer and I'm a pretty good golfer. I mean, like my handicap is around right now it's around nine, um, which is, which is very, very good, Amazing. but, uh, but it's, I, I, I could, I could never hope to sniff any even amateur event. You know what I mean? I don't, okay. I don't, I don't shoot par, but like, I wish I was a better golfer, but the requirement for that really would mean um, like dedicating whatever time I spend practicing singing, practicing golfing. Yeah. And uh, that makes it difficult. So the good news about golf is that you can still get better at it, even as you get older, because even if you're not hitting the ball as far, you could hit it better if you're practicing more. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I would like to be a better golfer. Better golfer. Most beloved thing that you own. Hmm. Wow. Mm, Yeah, that's a tough one for you, I bet. Yeah, I mean, man, there's there's nothing in this house that I wouldn't just let go of. In order to make sure that my family was still here. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. How could I, I wouldn't say I own my family, but they are easily my most treasured thing. Um, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I don't think I could answer it any other way. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that answer. Okay, strangest thing a fan ever gave you or said to you? Yeah, you are my second favorite tenor in the world. Who's your favorite? Andrea Bocelli. No, no, not tenor, opera singer, opera singer. There's a difference. You're my second favorite opera singer in the world. Who's your first? Andrea Bocelli. Okay. He's helped people. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I li- and Listen, I'm a huge fan of Andrea Bocelli, a huge fan. I, I cry when I hear him singing Conte Partiro. I, I hate yeah. to admit it because there it is. I do cry. I just like the way it sounds in his voice. I love it. Yeah. I love it. He's a pop singer. I love it. I would never argue a word i couldn't say a word against the guy i love his singing but he's not an opera singer and like i was like really you know and this is a man who i'd met often at the met i saw him often there also on nights i mean he was an opera devotee i'd see him because you know the people who stand backstage at the Uh, met you know i mean like there's 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 a queue of them who are often there for virtually everything and this is a guy who was who was an opera fan you know, but second favorite second tenor favorite. and the first was uh, Bocelli. And I thought, okay. He's how people like, yeah. Yeah. I love okay. you. Yeah. Advice you would give your 12 year old self. Freaking relax, man. <laughs> relax. And I wouldn't say I was especially driven, but I, I, I did worry, you know, and um, I would just want to say, I, I, I wish that I could say to myself, open up your eyes and take a look at the world around you and don't jump in whatever direction just seems the most interesting in that particular moment without having to think, you know, just wish I would be a little more observant about the world. Cause I still, I think I'm not myopic. Um, but I would say, uh, uh, I tend to, I tend, yeah, no, I guess I am myopic. I mean, my, 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 I know I hate to, admit, I even hate to admit it, but yeah, you know what? Just relax and take a, take a look at the world around you and be aware of what's going on around you more yeah. often than you're just caring about what's happening with you and your inner circle. That's cool. Okay, I'm going to take it away from you, Carrie. Go ahead. What's your favorite curse word in any language? Oh, Are the children around? Sorry. No, there's no, I mean, it's, it's really hard to argue with fuck. 
Right. You know, I mean, like it says it, you can say it in so many ways and uh, it can have the most positive connotation possible, yes. you know, and, uh, and it, it can also mean utter horror. So uh, <laughs> I do try hard not to use it. I mean, um, but sometimes I find it flowing out of my mouth and I'm just like, where did that come from? And it was, just came there because it was the right word in the right situation and no other word could have said it that way, you know? So Bingo. It is the number one, I think it is the number one answer on this show. Yep. Really? By far. I mean, how, how many times are you, like, would a French person say putain or something like that? Or, or, or an Italian person say cazzo or whatever? Cazzo, yeah. cazzo was one. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. She we had an Italian, Speranza Scapucci, that was her favorite, was cazzo. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised to hear that. Actually. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Last one, Carrie. Yeah. Last question. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, this might be emotional. Um, If heaven exists, what do you want to hear God say as you walk through the pearly gates? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, that's going to make you cry. Say hi to your daughter. Yeah. Hi. I met her. It, oh, golly. That's so awesome. It's every, I'm so glad to know people do talk about her to me sometimes. And our mm -hmm. business is small enough that, you know, like people did meet her and she came to the Met. She came, she came, you know, she came on gigs, you know, when they're little like that, you can travel with them. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, say hi to your dog. Oh, that's beautiful. You know, you got me crying. Oh, sorry. No, it's great. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's so great talking with you. Thank you, Matt. Really. Yeah, well. you guys, it's awesome. This has been a huge blast. I'm very glad we did it. And if you have, if you want to do another one, I'm sure there's tons of stuff we didn't talk about. Bye, everybody. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Bye. Yeah.